Hello, St. Louis, and welcome to the STL Leaders Podcast, hosted by Brian Bisking. Brian started this weekly podcast to give a voice to leaders of our community, to share their story, their journey, and the lessons that they have learned along the way. Brian grew up in a small town outside of St. Louis, where he watched his father run a small business and was always interested in how the leaders in his community got where they are. Whether it's a local business leader, a philanthropist, or a celebrity, these are your STL Leaders. Join us today, where we will chat with another pillar of our community on this week's episode of the STL Leaders Podcast. And now, your host, Brian Bisking. Hello, St. Louis, and welcome to this week's episode of the STL Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Bisking. We have a great episode for you this week with Sylvester Williams, current NFL player. But before we get to this week's episode, I want to thank my four great sponsors. First, NWO IT Services, Inbound Blend Digital Marketing, Synchrony HR, and Enterprise Bank and Trust. Now, for this week's episode of the STL Leaders Podcast, I welcome Sylvester Williams. Sylvester Williams is a defensive end for the Denver Broncos of the NFL. He was drafted by the Broncos in the first round of the 2013 NFL Draft. He played college football at North Carolina, where he earned All-American honors. Williams was born in St. Louis, Missouri, into a family with three older sisters and one younger brother. He attended Jefferson City High School and played football for only one season in one high school game. Not being recruited by college programs, he assembled radiator parts for large combines before deciding to walk on at Coffeyville Community College. He had 52 tackles and two sacks in 2010. Williams then transferred to the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill in 2011 and played for the North Carolina Tar Heels football team in 2011 and 2012. As a junior in 2011, he had 43 tackles and two and a half sacks. The following season, Williams was named to the All-ACC First Team. He was also named an All-American by Pro Football Weekly. In 2013, the Denver Broncos selected Williams in the first round. Since then, Sylvester has won two AFC championships and won Super Bowl 50 with the Denver Broncos in 2015. It is my honor to welcome Sylvester Williams to the show. Sylvester Williams, welcome to the STLers podcast. I greatly appreciate you getting on here today and uh, excited to kind of talk about your career and, and what you're doing here in St. Louis now. Yes, sir, Brian. I appreciate you having me. Uh, I'm excited about the opportunity and ready to get going. Let's go. All right, let's do it. So grew up here in St. Louis, Missouri, uh, went to college and then eventually transferred over to North Carolina made it to the NFL. Talk to me about growing up here in St. Louis and kind of what the experience was like and then how you made it to the NFL. Well, so I grew up here in St. Louis. I grew up here in North County um, over in Northwoods area. And I lived in St. Louis for about 15 years, actually. And um, before I ended up, you know, I was I had some troubles growing up, you know, um, being in St. Louis. I, I had a few fights and ended up actually kicking me out of school. I ended up in school down in Jefferson City, Missouri um, for the last four years of my um, high school um, education. I went to Jefferson City and ended up, you know, uh, post high school. I got a job at a radiator factory down in Jefferson City, Missouri and worked there for about six months and and um, kind of ended up making a decision. I wanted to do something different with my life and, and took the direction of, of, of wanting to go back to school. 
people. So I, my one of my mentors, Andre Simon, was a basketball coach up there. I'm real close with him. And I called him one day when I got out of work and said, hey, coach, I want to go back to school. He said, well, I tell you what, come see me tomorrow morning when you get off. And I went over and he said, hey, listen, I, mean, I think you should, you know, try to give football a chance, you know, to see if you can earn some money to pay for school. I said, OK, I'm with it. And then he say, because I was going to actually go to Lincoln University down in Jefferson City. Yep. He said, well, maybe you should try going to a junior college, you know, so that you can, you know, uh, you know, be able to play right away. I said, OK, let me do that. Ended up connecting with Coffeeville Community College down in Kansas. And and that's kind of how my um college career started. And it was kind of an uphill battle for me, you know, really throughout my entire life. You know, my I was raised by my father. He was a single father, raised uh, four of his kids by himself. And so, you know, we kind of had our ups and downs as, as a family growing up. So it was kind of tough, which is how I ended up in Jeff City in the first place. Kind of took it, took it from there. You know, once I got to Coffeeville, I remember I got there. I mean, my first weight on the scale, I was 360 pounds, which was way too heavy to be playing any type of football. Right. And um, so and I just kind of took a different approach because the funny thing is I had only started one football game in high school. And I had only played my senior year. And um, wow, ironically, yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's and the only reason why I was uh, fortunate enough to um, play that year was because I was walking in the hall one day um, and one of the coaches seen me and said, hey, man, come here. This is at the end of my junior year. Say, hey, man, come here. He said, man, what you doing? I said, and go on to play. He said, why you don't play football? I said, I never thought about playing football. And he said, I tell you what, come down to see. Come down to see us after the after the um, after the class is out. So after school, I went down there and I started working out with the team, which most of the guys are already knew. I started to, you know, get a, the brotherhood and the grind. And, and I was able to play my same year. Started one game because uh, the guy that was in front of me had a knee injury. So going to Coffeeville, I didn't really have many expectations of being an NFL athlete or being a Division One athlete. I just was kind of going to school just to, you know, oh, I'm, I'm going to go here and get an education. And when I went up there, I remember I weighed 360 pounds. And um, I, I knew that I had a long way to go. So, man, I just got on my grind. I started working out, you know, three times a day. And, and the biggest step for me was going to class every day, going to class every day, going to study hall. And actually, one of my proudest moments in college was going in and getting good grades and seeing, you know, 85, 90% on papers and assignments I'm doing. Like, that was exciting for me. And yeah. along with that, you know, I just started working out every day, three times a day. And man, it it changed my life. Well, yeah, I mean, you, at Coffeeville, it looks like you had 52 tackles and two sacks in 2010, and then you transferred to North Carolina, Chapel Hill, in 2011, played for North Carolina. Yeah, and 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 so after my freshman year at Coffeeville, I started getting offers from all over. I had a, ended up taking a visit to North Carolina, man, and completely fell in love with the university. And, Sure. Decided to go there, and I had a, a successful uh, junior college career, and then a successful career in North Carolina, which is how I ended up uh, being a, a first-round uh, pick in, uh, in in NFL draft. Well, yeah, you know, looking here, you know, 2011 and 12 as a junior. In 2011, you had 43 tackles and two and a half sacks. The following season, you were named All ACC First Team, also named All American by Pro Football Weekly, and then 2013, you get drafted by the Denver Broncos as a first-round draft pick, 28th pick overall. Uh, Pretty, I mean, pretty remarkable story considering you you played one one game you're in a high school, right? And then and and then you graduate high school and you don't even go to college right away. You you'll go get a job and then you decide that you know you want an education 
uh, right? And then you, you go go for, to college for education, and then look what happened, right? Yeah. yeah. So what was it yeah. like to be? What was it like to become a first round draft pick by the Denver Broncos in 2013? After kind of, you know, I mean, think about that. Five years before that, you didn't even weren't even playing football. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, it was a surreal moment. Honestly, you know, I, I didn't go to the draft. My father was dealing with some health issues. So I actually had a, my a draft party was at the Ameristar Casino um, oh, yeah, here in right St. Louis. Yeah. So, man, we had it. And, and I just I was real emotional from the very what well, the first five or six picks. I was kind of like, OK, I know I may not go this high. But once it, I was real emotional, my hands started sweating. But the moment that, you know, my phone rang, it was a 303 area code. And I looked at it, I picked up the phone, I said, hello. I said, hello, this is Sylvester. I said, yeah, this is me, yeah, this is me. They say, well, this is the Denver Broncos, and we called this, you know, congratulations. And, you know, we're going to take you with the, you know, 28th pick of the draft, and we're excited to have you. And even at that moment, like, I was, I heart started beating, but when I saw it come across the TV, and I saw Roger Goodell say with the 28th pick in the NFL draft, the Denver Broncos select. And, I mean, it just – emotions just hit me. And, I mean, I was – Sure. Because it was honestly a point in my life that I never thought that I would reach this point. Never. Like you – like you said, five before you would have told me I would have been a first-round pick. I mean, and there's no way in the world I would ever say, well, yeah, you're right. I, wasn't, I mean, it was – so that day was one of the more special – moments of, of my life well yeah but i think you know and you you sound like you're a pretty humble person um you know unfortunately i don't know you well enough to, to determine that but I, I can tell you from talking for you you know here for a few minutes you seem very humble but i, I would you got to give yourself a little bit of credit considering you know you you worked out three times a day and you when you decided to do it you decided to do it and you decided to make a difference in your life um and you know i think a lot i think that's a real testament to who you are but i think that's a really powerful you know moment for everybody listening to this podcast that to your point, five years earlier, you weren't even playing football. And before that, you know, it sounded like you, you were getting in a little trouble in St. Louis. You, you made a move. You made a determination to put you to change your life a little bit. And and look what happened. You know, five later, five years later, you're you're being drafted by one of the best football franchises in the NFL, the Denver Broncos. Uh, and so and, and not only not only that, but you win a Super Bowl with them. I had opportunity to become a Super Bowl champion. too. yeah, my rookie year, we actually went to the Super Bowl. And we we lost real bad to Seattle. Yeah. Two years later, we ended up going back and we beat Carolina. And and like that was another moment where it was like, you know, when the confetti started falling, I just was thinking in my head, like where I was, you know, a few years ago and where I'm at now, it's unbelievable. But the the thing I always took. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. The thing I took out out of my entire life, I always knew one thing, and that was hard work. I never went away from hard work at some mate. Sometimes I just went about it the wrong way. But the moment I, when I was at that radiator factory, you know, and a guy came and fixed my machine, he said, uh, I'm getting ready to retire here in uh, uh, May. I said, huh? and he said, I'm 40. I have been here 40 some years. I'm about to retire in May. And that moment kind of changed because then I started to look around. I was the youngest guy in the plant. And I'm like, well, I don't want to do this for the next 40 years of my life. I went to my boss, Jim Walker, and I told him, I say, uh, Jim, I want to go back to school. I said, I'm going to go back and try to play football. He said, you never know. You may get drafted by the Green Bay Packers. And we was, at the time, we was, you know, kind of joking. I said, you know, maybe. And it came to fruition. And But the thing is, when I got to Coffeeville, I was unwanted. The coach didn't want me. They wouldn't return my phone call. So I just drove up there. 
And I'm going to just go up and walk on. And I remember the Coach Darren Doolin, when I first seen him, he say, who are you? I said, I'm Sylvester. He said, well, what are you doing here? I said, Coach, I just want the opportunity to walk, walk on and prove myself. And when he gave me that opportunity, every day I got up in the morning, I worked out. Then I worked out with the team in the afternoon. Then at night, I would go back and work out again. And I did it every day, every day, every day, every day. I did the same thing every day. Because my main focus was, okay, playing football and then, you know, getting, um, getting a degree. And when I started to see what can come about it, and I had the opportunity to go to a Division One school. I just took it to a whole nother level. Yeah, I mean, and that's what kind of, you know, got me to where I'm at today. Yeah, no, I, I think it's a uh, it's an all American story. I mean, I think it's it's pretty it's pretty neat. Um, so, so tell me this, you know, you win the Super Bowl with the Broncos. What what is that like? What is that, I mean, what's it like to play for like in the middle of a stadium, the biggest stage there is? Um, mm-hmm. I mean, do you have nerves? Are you are you anxious? What is that like? So it, the, the most nervous I was was actually the night before the game. So I was real nervous because I'm like, man, I've been here before and we lost. But by the time by the time the ball kicked off. Like I was so my agenda was pumping so hard, and at that point I just wanted to play. I'm like, okay, I want to play. I want to play. I want to hit somebody. And so once the game got going, you kind of, you know, winning the game. We was dominating on defense, so it's like, man, we about to win the Super Bowl. And we, at that time, we started to get, you know, more and more motivated to do better and do better. And man, at the end of the game, when the confetti fell, it was another moment in my life where I was like, I'm a Super Bowl champion, like. The the as high as you can go in this sport, yeah, I have reached. Coming from where I came from, I have reached a starter on one of the best defenses in the history of the NFL. Win a Super Bowl, play with Peyton Manning, Von Miller, DeMarcus Ware, my boss is John Elway. It's like all of this. I chose to put me Sylvester Williams in this position, yeah, and it a- was just like an unbelievable experience. So let me ask this: You mentioned Peyton Manning there. What's it like to play with Peyton Manning? Obviously, he's an icon, uh, icon of the sport. I mean, I've watched that. I watched him since I was probably your age. You're not too much younger than I am. And uh, so what's it like to to be on the sidelines with somebody like that? You talking about a a, a business first guy? So Peyton was one of those seven guys where he he about getting his work done. He's gonna be the first one in the building. He's gonna be the last one to leave. And everything that's going on, he's gonna know exactly what's going on. I can remember it was times where we were trying to disguise the defense from to hide it from Peyton. He would call it out. And we looking at him like, you know, how he know. It's just like the way he prepared to play the game of football is I've I've never seen nothing like it. You know, no matter what the situation was, if you need if it was time to play football, we knew Peyton was gonna be ready. And that was kinda how he carried himself. He was always like he was he I mean, he would obviously, you know, joke with his teammates and have a little fun. But if he was in that building, 90% of the time, it was about getting his work done and, and, yeah. and making sure he got something out of the day. Yeah, I got to imagine that's a pretty cool, pretty cool experience to be able to play with somebody like that. But um, but yeah, what a, what a great Broncos team that was. So then to the end of the Broncos, you go the Titans in 2017, the Lions in 18, bounce around there for a few years. But now, you know, you just 2020 uh, season just ended and you pl- we're, you're back with the Broncos, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. I ended up back with the Broncos and yeah, yeah. Another good fit. And it was good to go back home. I was around family. Like I, I consider an organization family. So when I went back in, I knew probably 
70 percent of the people that was there because i mean it did not change but the coach they have all everybody else equipment you know pretty much everybody else remained the same so when i went back here it was a real good feeling because i was felt like i was you know going to rejoin family so it was a good time we we we, we would have liked to one more game to, and still be playing right now but it was a fun team to be a part of it was a good team and and it was a good it was good to be back home you know and now for a quick break, we bring in our sponsor, Enterprise Bank & Trust, member FDIC. Enterprise Bank & Trust knows that every business and every person is unique. That's why they get to know you in a way that the large financial institutions don't. They are our banking partner here at the STL Leaders Podcast, and I highly recommend that you check them out. To learn more, visit EnterpriseBank.com. And now, back to this week's episode of the STL Leaders Podcast. So let me ask you this: How how did COVID affect this past season? How did you guys, how did that affect you know your preparation and how did you manage this crisis that we're in? I mean, I, I think it's just a lot different if you if you look at the the, the way sports is played. I mean, it's less meeting time, you know, less time where you get to interact with your teammates and you know a whole lot of COVID testing every day, to um, be exact and. And but you you got you got to put it in a mind frame of okay a football any sport is is a, a a brotherhood or you know a sisterhood um form of type of relationship so if I'm going out here on the field you know I can't hang out with my brothers I can't even be close to on the practice field to be able to have a conversation with you it, it's that intense and you know I, I think to a certain extent it, it it certainly had an effect on the NFL as a whole because I mean you miss the part that you know. That makes you know going to practice fun. Going to means fun, and that's being there with your brothers. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I'm assuming you're you're got a pretty strict protocol after the games, right? You're not allowed to really go out and hang out too much, I would assume. Or what's the protocol there? Oh no, I ain't no hanging out. No, I mean four months. I've I've been pretty much. If I wasn't playing football, I was in the house. Like it was that was it for me. But it wasn't no going down, sitting in the restaurant to eat, or going out to have a drink. No, it wasn't none of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, I mean, they gotta, they gotta keep you and guys mainly safe. Mainly because you know, we we wanted to be available to play. Yeah, yeah, you got They gotta keep you guys safe, and they gotta keep the the, the games going. You know, I've, I've talked to many people about this, um, about how a lot of people don't realize the economic impact uh, for you know games being skipped, whether it's you know paid paid commercial, whether it's the the you know vendors at the at the stadium that aren't able to sell any food, alcohol, souvenirs. It's the people you know. Uh, flagging people in for parking spots. I mean, the the economic downfall for for you guys not being able to play and not now not being able to have fans in the stadiums, it's it's much bigger than just the game of football itself. It's a it's a pretty big impact. Um, and so you know, I think you know the NFL and now you know Major League Baseball, the NBA. I feel like they've done the best can. Um, but I, I'm hopeful that you know as we go into the rest, you know, this uh, Major League Baseball season and obviously the NFL towards. Towards uh, next year, hopefully some fans can start to come back to the game. I did see that um, the Super Bowl this year, they're going to allow 22,000 fans in the stadium, and 7,500 of those fans will be first-line first, uh, <clears throat> medical workers that have had the vaccine. I think that's pretty cool for the NFL to do. Oh, that that, that that's amazing. Because they, they, they are as important, you know, because they allow this thing. They allow, it to, they allow for Tom Brady and for Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes and they allow for those guys to be able to actually play the sport because without them, where would we be at? You know, so I'm, my, personally, I'm very thankful for the entire medical sacrifice their lives and, you know, and their family safety to come and make sure that we were safe. 
because I mean, everybody is at risk of, you know, being affected by COVID, you know? Right. Um, so right. It, it was a very, very tough season, you know, right. it, I mean, we, it's a, I mean, the entire world going through tough time right now, but it, it was tough, you know, but like I said, you know, it, it was fun because I had the opportunity to be uh, back in Denver, you know, and I'm just hoping that everything is able to get back to some type of normal. Yeah, I, I think you and you think you and the rest of the world, I, you know, I, I'm I'm very hopeful for it as well. So let me shift gears a little bit. Let me let's talk about your company here in St. Louis, Quantum Laboratory. Um, tell me what you guys are doing uh, as an organization. So Quantum Laboratory is a lab that I a diagnostic laboratory that I um, started. We um, started October 2019. We opened our doors in August of 2019. So through at that time, we you know building and getting everything under other order. And, but um, we specialize in toxicology, drug tests, and and, and genetics. So most of our target clients are you know pain physicians, uh, drug rehabilitation centers, internal medicine doctors. Um. I mean, anybody that could possibly, you know, use toxicology services is, is who we target. And we've had, you know, some success, you know, getting meetings and having some 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 very, very positive and, and permanent conversations. And it's been exciting. And the biggest thing is a challenge. You know, it was a challenge because obviously in the industry that I'm in uh, with the laboratory, you don't see many African-Americans in it. We wanted the only African-American owned laboratories. You know, throughout the entire country. So, you know, that's kind of one of the things that motivated me for getting into the industry and then, you know, bringing the most advanced diagnostic tests, you know, to the underserved communities in, in which I, I obviously, you know, come from. So sure. it's exciting. I'm, I'm very, very, you know, proud of the progress that we've made to this point and looking to continue it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, just to give our listeners some feedback, Quantum Laboratories is 100% minority owned CLIA certified laboratory. And uh, so Sylvester and, and his team founded the, the organization back in 2019, like he said. And so it's pretty I think what's remarkable for me and one of the reasons I wanted to get you on this show is, you know, you're still an NFL player. So you're still focused on on, you know, playing for the Denver Broncos at the highest level. But you're also, you know, starting this laboratory here in St. Louis, Missouri, to give back to the community. Uh, and I think, you know, your whole story from where you grow up to what you know, where how you got to the college, to the NFL to now being still being in the NFL and coming back to St. Louis and doing this kind of the off season. Uh, and, and you got somebody, Jason, I believe runs it for you. Is that correct? Yes. My brother-in-law, Jason Griffin, he's the president and, and my partner, he kind of runs the day to day and kind of makes sure everything runs smoothly. And I'm very, very lucky to have him because obviously, you know, I, I like you said yourself, I got to, you know, work out and train and, and do my best to be at the highest level I can be as a professional athlete. Right. And, you know, this laboratory is something that I'm passionate about. And so I need to have people that I trust, you know, and believe in to, you know, to handle the day to day. And, and Jason, my brother, has been perfect. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so let me ask you this. How has COVID impacted the laboratory? So it hasn't really affected us very much because we, you know, throughout the COVID, you know, that's when we were spending our time, you know, doing the research and, so right now we are um, we did offer the antigen uh, antibody test um, last Saturday. And it was good, man. We tested about 70 people and everybody was happy and got their results same day. So that was good. You know, so to say that it affected us, I w- it hasn't really affected us yet. You know, none of the staff, uh, knock on wood, has uh, been affected by COVID. So it's so far has been 
you know, a pretty normal standard for us. I mean, other yeah. than a lot of our meetings being via Zoom. Yeah, right, right. Well, you know, I just I had a a lot of the uh, these podcasts are obviously being done via Zoom and go to meetings as well because of everything going on. But um, I think it's really neat what you're doing, you know, for the community and, and back here in St. Louis. And, you know, I, to the COVID point, I saw that you guys did the, the testing. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, I don't know where the statistics are at today, but, you know, last you know year, 2020, uh, the African-American community was getting, you know, pretty, pretty badly impacted by COVID. So anything that you can do to help, you know, turn that curve is, is obviously very important. And I think it's really neat that, um, again, you're giving back to your community, but not only that, you, you're building a business so that, you know, there, there, that you have something, there's life after the NFL, right? And this can be something that you're passionate about, um, but also help the community you're in. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, that's the thing, obviously, you know, my, as, as you know, my NFL career, NFL career comes to an end, you know, I would love to be able to, you know, walk into something else and, and be, you know, have something to keep me busy. And the laboratory, I believe, will do that as we have been able to have some success and, you know, and be, and be a part of my community, be a part of St. Louis. I want to help St. Louis and, and be there for the youth. And if I can make it, anybody can make it. And that's what I tell the, the younger kids. If I can make if I, that's what I tell anybody. If I see a person 50 years old and, and they struggling, if I can make it through what I made through, you you can make it through what you're going through. And that's that's what I tell everybody. And it just takes hard work. You know, yeah. I'm I'm not going to sit here and ask somebody to give me something and say, OK, well, if you give me something, then I work hard. Well, I'm going to work hard and then I'm going to go get whatever it is that I want. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Sylvester, I always end this podcast asking really the same question to all my guests. And you kind of hit on it multiple times, but I'm going to ask it again is if you could give one piece of advice to the audience that's listening to this, St. Louis what advice would you give to somebody who's listening to this podcast? I mean, the advice I would give somebody is whatever you want in life, you work for it. And then, and if you put all your effort into it, you go about doing things the right way, you treat people the right way, no matter who it is or, you know, if if they under you, if they, you know, got a lesser role in the comp, you know, treat everybody around you the right way, treat everybody special. And, and work hard and, you know, continue to network and surround yourself with good people. And you can become whatever it is in life that you set your mind to. And, and I truly believe that. And I'm a living testimony of that. And, 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 you know, that would be the biggest thing I tell people. No, I think that's, I think that's great advice. And it's been the theme of really this episode. You've talked about hard work and, you know, where you came from to where you are and how you, you were determined to work hard every single day and look how it paid off for you. And so I think that's great advice, advice to anybody listening to this. So on behalf of the STL Leaders Podcast, on behalf of myself, I appreciate you taking the time to come on the show today to talk about that hard work, to talk about your career, uh, the NFL, and now what you're doing back here with Quantum Laboratory in St. Louis and giving back to the community. I think your story is a fantastic story, and I wish you nothing but success. And Brian, I appreciate you. I appreciate you having me. And and again, if you need anything, man, don't hesitate to, to reach out to me. Thank you for listening to this episode of the STL Leaders Podcast. This episode is brought to you by NWO IT Services. Stay tuned for next week's episode of the STL Leaders Podcast.